0: some strong ladies in the house? Anybody, come on, where's my ladies in the house? All right, guys, I'm telling you what, this conference is going to be off the hook. Is that what I say, guys? This is our young people, is that right? Um, Seriously, great speakers. What I love about our annual women's conference is there's always a shift in our house with what happens at the conference. Women are better wives, better mothers, better women. So um, we truly want you to be here. It's going to be a powerful day. Mark your calendar, February 22nd. Be here for that. Get your tickets. Uh, we've invited some great guests. There'll be some great interviews. You don't want to miss it. You know, um, something I love to say, you've heard me say "It's smart people put smarter people around them, Right. And you want to get around people who can pour into your life, people that can speak to you and challenge you. So I want to encourage you to be there. Okay, so I'm not Pastor Phil. I don't know if you noticed. Um, Hey, baby. Uh, Pastor Phil is at home in bed. And so he looks over yesterday morning. He wakes up. He goes, babe, babe, I can't talk. And which has never happened, ever, ever. And um, so he was hit with whatever we've all been hit with here in Southern California. If it's not the flu, it's sinus or voice or something. So um, if he hadn't fallen back to sleep, he's supposed to be live streaming. So can we all just do a shout out? Hey, Pastor Phil, we love you. We're praying for you. We're going to pray for you at the end. And truly, we we do want to pray for him. So he looked over and he goes, baby, I think you need to speak tomorrow. Now, if you've been a part of our church, I don't do that often. I do it on Mother's Day and the Women's Conference, and I don't stand here in this position, often speaking to our church. So when he said that to me, I, first of all, tried to talk him out of it and just try to come on. And he said, no, I believe you're supposed to speak. And when he said that to me, there was a check in my spirit. And let me explain to you why, um, what he's doing right now in the series. If you're visiting, please come back. It's the most incredible series. My husband, I think is one of the most brilliant men. He is an incredible teacher and a preacher and literally, his message was done. His notes were in to, to Lisa. He, he ha, I mean, it's going to be a really good message when you hear it. Um, it's really good. But when the, he came down with this yesterday and he said it, he said, I think you're supposed to speak. And I, after I tried to get out of it, I stopped and I said, why am I supposed to speak? And here, I'm going to just give you some downloads. So this is like a 24-hour notice. Like, I don't mind speaking, but I'd like more than 24 hours to prepare. Any of you like, all, you got that term paper you got to put in, you want to rush? But... Here's what I really feel, and this message is for our house, because there's going to be some breakthroughs happen today. There's going to be some breakthroughs happening. And if you know Pastor Phil and I at all, in our marriage, we've always said he is the head and I am the heart. So he's the intellectual speaker. He can speak to your, your, your man, your inner man, woman, business. But I believe that God's given me a message from the heart, and it's a heart message for our house today. Um, we have been on this fast now for one week, and 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 be honest with you. As I began to say, God, what do you want me to say? Yesterday afternoon, He said, "Speak on fasting. Speak on the breakthrough through fasting." And here's why I'm going to share this with you. I started my fast like a lot of you did on Monday, and I'm fasting because our church is fasting. We have called you to a fast. The Bible talks about calling the congregation to a fast, and we've done that. We're fasting. If you remember, for three things in this house. For unity, for community, and for miracles. For unity in this church, that we would be a bond, that we would be a a family, that we would feel each other and know each other and minister to what just, and to me, I think this is the strongest um, family that Pastor Phil and I have ever been in, in any church we've ever been in. I want to tell you, there's something in this house about unity and family, it's beautiful. But then also for community, what we're doing in our empowerment program with the Boys and Girls Club and Grandma's House and Teen Challenge. And it looks like we may be going into the Corona Women's Prison. And we are touching our community. We are legitimately touching our community. We have a legitimate empowerment program that's moving, and we're fasting for that. And then the last thing was for miracles that we would see the miracles. When we first started this church, we saw cancer gone. We saw marriages healed. We just, there was supernatural miracles. And I think sometimes, can you get in in robo-Christianity? Can you kind of get in the mode of just getting up and doing it, getting up and doing it, maybe even reading your Bible, maybe going on a prayer walk? And so when I was praying yesterday, God just said to me, you haven't taken your fast seriously. And I mean, I wrote the fasting book. So if you haven't gotten one, pick one. I'm like, well, how much serious can I get? And he said, you're not fasting for breakthrough. You're not fasting for breakthrough. You know, let me tell you what. If you ask God to speak, he'll speak. There's no doubt about it. The Bible calls it a still, small voice. There ain't nothing still or small about it in my spirit. When he speaks, he speaks. And he just downloaded some things to me. Like this has just been since yesterday. I sat on my desk and I said, what do you want me to say? And he said, first of all, I'm going to start with you. Because until you take this fast serious, you're not going to see breakthrough. And I'm going to be really honest. Like, my life right now is really good. I mean, our family's good, and the church is good, and we're seeing miracles. I mean, just lots of good things in my personal life. And God said, listen, drill deeper. Drill deeper, Tammy. And the walls that I put up of all the things I don't want you to see. I'm never going to get victory until I let the walls down. That means I have to be exposed with where I am for victory. And some of us aren't seeing victory because we aren't seeing victory. You're not seeing victory because you're not seeing victory. Somebody got it, all right? All right. Now, let me just say this I do presentation skills, I've done a lot of executive life coaching, so I know an audience. And one thing I teach everyone that speaks is know your audience. And the 80-20 rule applies in church just like it does in business. So the truth is, when you're speaking, 20% of your audience will be with you. And 80% are there for the ride. 80% come to church out of it's what we do, or the worship's great, or I want to connect with God, or I want to see my friend. I'm just going to be as honest as I can. You're, this is going to be the hard part, the heart speaking. 20% of you are going to hear from God today statistically 80% of you will walk out and go either that was good or oh I'm not used to women speaking or I don't know what I think about it or it's just the truth statistically so you get to decide right now if you want to be in the 80 or the 20 you get to decide do I want to hear from God something I teach the women all the time is I will say some things but God will say more God will speak to you today. Something I say, something the scripture says, he will just download something to your spirit. It will be a, a something he wants you to hear, something he wants you to do, somewhere he wants you to go, a way he wants you to pray. So I wanna to talk to you today about fasting for breakthrough. We are one week into our fast. Now, if you are not participating in the fast, let me just kind of set this up. Fasting is biblical. I believe it is the greatest weapon you have in warfare. The Bible says some things only happen by prayer and fasting. The stuff you can't get a breakthrough, you keep struggling with over and over, the marriage, the kid, the finances, the lies, the jealousy, the sin, the pornography, whatever that thing is that you don't want to do but you can't shake it, you can't break it. I believe fasting is your weapon. Jesus fasted. Why do you think Satan hit him in Matthew 4 while he was fasting? Because it was the greatest weapon he had. So you may not want to be a part of the 21-day fast. That's fine. It's between you and God. You figure it out. You may say, I'll fast one day. Fast one day. And, and I said this last week, don't fast what you want to fast. Fast what God tells you to Fast. So for me, it's sun up, sun down. That's what Pastor Phil and I are doing. For you, it might be a certain food. It may be alcohol. It may be shopping. It it may be technology. But make a commitment that you will fast because in your fast is your warfare and in your fast is your breakthrough. And now we got two weeks left house. We're one week down and I believe that God stirred my soul. And no, I'm sorry, baby, you're homesick, but I think I was supposed to stand here today. Because we were going back to God and Business, which is an incredible series, and you don't want to miss it. And it's amazing. And this church is a business. This house is a business. You have a business. We've got to be about God's business. It's a great series, but God put us on pause. You know, there's a scripture that says, many are the plans of man, but God directs the paths. So you may have great plans, but when God disrupts your plan, it's for a reason. Wake up. And so for whatever reason, I'm here today. It's not about what I have to say. It's about what he has to say. And if you'll listen, he'll speak. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Pastor Phil and I are watching this great series right now. It's called The Men Who Built America. It's a documentary. I love documentaries because it's everything I was supposed to learn in history that I didn't. And honestly, this one is amazing. It's five or six men that truly built America. So it's Vanderbilt and Ford and J.P. Morgan and Carnegie and the late 1800s and how they literally built America. And as I'm watching this, I mean, I'm trying to learn because there's something I'm hungry to learn. I'm hungry to learn in the supernatural realm. I'm hungry to learn by smart people. I'm hungry to learn from business people. I wanna learn, I wanna grow. I wanna move to my next level. So I'm watching what they did and these men were brilliant but what happened is they had to have breakthroughs. It was the steal and- industry, and the oil industry, and the iron industry, and the electricity industry, and they kept pressing in, they kept pressing in, and they had failure after failure, and they kept saying, we got to see it different, we got to do something different, we got to bring in different people, we got to look at this different, and I think the problem with our breakthrough is, you're not looking at it differently. You think you're gonna solve your problem the same way you've always tried to solve your problem. You'll only solve your problem the way God wants to solve your problem. You gotta see what God wants to do. God wants to do something new and fresh. So get around people that can sharpen you and challenge you. Pastor Phil's reading a great book right now and it's called um, Necessary Endings. Necessary Endings by, by Dr. Cloud. And he says, some things in your life just need to end. Some relationships need to end. Some Facebook friends need to end. Some things in your life need to end. Some staff needs to move so new staff can come in. There have to be paradigm shifts in your life so you start seeing things differently. Some of you need necessary endings in your life for God to do something new. And that's the problem. is You're living on the same road, walking the same path, and you're expecting something different. That's called idiot. Okay, let's move on. Um, so when they came to a crisis, these men had to think, what's my breakthrough? What's my breakthrough? We've seen breakthroughs in medicine, We've seen breakthroughs in technology. We've seen breakthroughs in science and business. And we're living in this day of documentaries. So Phil and I are always watching these documentaries. What was the breakthrough there? What was the breakthrough? And that's what you've got to start saying. What does my breakthrough look like? What does my breakthrough look like? I love this quote by uh, Fabian Fredrickson. Here's what she says. Breakthroughs happen when limiting thoughts and behaviors are challenged. I'm going to ask you right now to challenge some of your limiting thoughts. If you think you're stuck, you think it can't be any other way. I've tried. It hasn't worked. I'm telling you, you have a limiting belief. You are stuck. You don't think it's ever going to change because you've tried 150 ways. Do you know that as far as electricity, he had 10,000. Thousand tries before he understood electricity, before this component, no, that didn't work. This worked with well, this worked a little bit, that didn't work. Let me try this. Oh, here's a new thought. Let me try this. Until you push through, you'll never see your breakthrough. So it, it literally is limiting thoughts and behaviors. They have to be challenged. Some of you in this house today, and I know it. First of all, I know personally, and I know it in my spirit. You need a breakthrough in your marriage. There are marriages in this house that are struggling, and I know that why? Because I have a pulse. Because listen. Right now, marriages are under attack in America and across the world. The enemy wants to break marriages. And let me tell you why I believe. Because the groom loves his bride. The groom loves his bride. And people talk all the time, you know, oh, the church did me wrong. Let me just give you my take on that. The church is flawed because every bride is flawed. Every person is flawed, and we are the bride of Christ, and the groom loves it. So if the enemy can come against marriages, he can bring a division between the bride and the groom. Are you hearing me now? If he can break up a marriage, he breaks up the picture of the bride and the groom, Fight for your marriage, believe in your marriage, stand for your marriage, know that the enemy's trying to ma- take your marriage out. And so there's breakthroughs that need to happen in our marriages. There's breakthroughs that need to happen in business. Since Pastor Phil started this series on business, many of you businessmen and women have come to Pastor Phil and said, that chart helped me, that thought helped me. I'm taking this to my staff right now. Start looking at your dis- uh, business different. I'm telling you what, God wants to give ideas and dreams and patents. He wants to bless you, he wants to bless this house, but in until you have a paradigm shift, until you have a breakthrough, you'll never see a blessing in your business, in your family. Some of you have prodigal kids that you've been praying for, same prayer over and over and over. Maybe you need a breakthrough. Maybe you need to look at how, what do you need to do different? Who do you need to send in different? In our happiness, our finances, in our dreams, we need breakthroughs. Let me give you the definition of a breakthrough. Now, let me just say this too. It is so important that you engage in this message. Because you're not smart enough to remember it. If you don't put pen to paper, you will never move to the next level. I believe that with everything in me. Pastor Phil showed us that statistic on, um, was it psycholinguistics a few weeks ago? The difference between hearing something, hearing something and writing something, hearing something, writing something, and feeling something. When you go to that third level with something that is said today, I heard it, I wrote it, I felt it, you will have 100% success. You can't just listen to this. You're going to forget what God says. You're truly going to forget what I say. So get out your pen, get out your phone, take some notes. If God says something, just write a note. He won't let you forget it. He'll remind you later. But, but engage in this message. This message is for you if you want it to be. This message is for you if you want it to be. So the definition of a breakthrough is a sudden, dynamic, and important discovery or development. When a breakthrough comes, it's going to come suddenly. It's going to seem like it came out of nowhere. Have you ever just had a breakthrough and go, oh my gosh, it came out of nowhere. No, it didn't. It came out of time and tenacity and faith and fasting and prayer. When these men in this documentary had a breakthrough, it didn't just happen. It's because they put ideas and finances and funding and people, they put it together, but it just comes. And that's what's going to happen in your breakthrough. You're going to wake up one day, and it's going to come. The prodigal is going to come home. The marriage is going to be restored. The finances are going to come in. The idea is going to come to you. That's a breakthrough. So it comes sudden, but it's also dramatic. It's so dramatic, it captures everyone's attention. These men were powerful. They captured the attention of the world because they weren't satisfied until they had breakthroughs. Until you're not satisfied, until I get a breakthrough, I will not give up until I have a breakthrough. That's what made these men different. That's why there's documentaries on their life and not my life. All right, come on. I want a documentary on me. I want to do something with my life. I want people to go, how did she do it? It was the the love of God, the power of God, the faith of God that made a difference in her life amen what would your documentary be about i wonder all right and it was important it was a must in their life there was not an option there was not an option i look back at their story and i'm going i would have given up a thousand times I would have given up. So they lost everything. They lost their fortunes. They lost everything, and they persevered. They persevered. Now their per, their perseverance was diff, different than mine, and their persuasion. And here's what the documentary was really interesting because it wasn't about the finance. These were the richest men in the world. Literally, individually, they had more money than the fortieth wealthiest people in the world today combined. So when you watch the documentary, you're going to be amazed. These five people ran America and the industry of America. But it wasn't about the finances. It was about the power. They all wanted to be the number one wealthiest man in the world. And there was this fight for power, fight for power, fight for power. And I'm telling you what, when you try to fight for the power of the world, it's never-ending. But when you release yourself to the power of the Holy Spirit, it is ever-filling. The Bible says that I might know him in the power of the resurrection through the fellowship of his sufferings, that I might be conformed to the image of this world. That's the kind of power that will break you out and will set you apart. Amen? So many of us are fasting for breakthroughs. If you have not started the fast, it's not too late. Just take one day. Just say, you know what? I'm just going to fast bread today. I'm going to fast whatever, go on the Daniel fast, whatever, but would you just consider, I think I'm just to call you to consider fasting for the next two weeks for breakthrough in your life. In the book of Esther in the Bible, we hear a wonderful story. And so yesterday when Pastor Phil said, baby, you need to speak, you know, I just had like a couple hours. I ran in my office. I'm like, okay. And I really did. I said, God, what do you want me to say? I'm, I'm not equipped. I love to teach and speak, but I love preparation. So I'm that kind of person that wants to really be prepared. And he just spoke so clearly to me, Esther, and here's why. Listen, this was the annihilation of the Jews in humanity. Now, we can kind of equate that with the Holocaust, we can kind of equate that with various wars against the Jewish people, but this would be—I've been—I've been to Africa, and I've seen when there's just been annihilation against a tribe, a nation of people, but they're all going to be wiped out, every single one of them, just because of their DNA. And there was this group of people, the Jews, and this—this this, uh, Haman was his name. One of them wiped out, one of them mutilated one of them destroyed, one of them publicly ridiculed. And that was his passion. And the Bible is very clear. It's one of the fasts that you'll read about in this book is it's very clear that Esther calls the people to fast because she knows the only tool The only strategy, the only weapon she has is prayer and fasting. And I want to just take you through that story, if you'll allow me today. The year was 473 B.C. when Queen Esther was faced with a decision that would either end her life or save the destiny of Israel. Annihilation was certain for the Jews. Let me just set the stage. Queen uh, Esther had now been crowned. The king did not know that she was a Jew. He only knew she was haunt. He wanted her, and that was funny. I'm trying to be culturally relevant to all of these incredibly wonderful young people that are here. Now, now all right, I'm going to pause, and I'm going to go back, come back to Han, Han Esther. Um, just a minute, if you'll allow me. Young people, all right, listen to me. A lot of you are here because we're getting ready to watch you in the waters of baptism and what's happened through camp. And Pastor Natalie and Pastor Drew and the heart you have for these kids, listen to me. You are America. And the only way, Trump, to make America great again is to make the next generation great. All right? Now listen, I'm getting way off from my message this morning, but, but listen to me. I was 15 years old when God changed my life. And I have been on the course where I stand today ever since because there was a calling on my life. When I was baptized and I went down into that water, it was symbolic of me dying to myself and rising up to my newness in Jesus Christ. And if you will take that commission when you're baptized, who's ever been baptized today, if you will take serious the claims of Christ, and you will walk in what we call believer's baptism, God has destiny on you, God has future, God knows we need you. God knows we need you in America. There is a, yeah, come on, somebody's got to believe it. There is, a, there is a new religion today. There is a new religion among millennials today, and it's called the nun religion. And I don't mean Catholic nuns. I'm talking NON. They don't want religion. It's a legitimate religion that they are inviting millennials to be a part of. And I'm telling you what, you have got to fight against the lies of the enemy we serve a living God, a risen God, a powerful God, and we need you to speak out in it. And I'm just speaking to every single young person in here today We need you. Would you agree with me? Would you pray? Would you intercede for our next generation? God knows we need breakthrough. God knows we need help. I'm telling you what, I I can in the supernatural realm see revival in this house, but we've got to put our faith and our feet to the path of what God wants to do. Amen? So God wants to move. I just wanted to give you guys that challenge while I was thinking about it. So the story is, here's back to Hunt the Hunt queen. So here we have this beautiful young queen. She's about 14 when she receives the crown. And in those days, you know, it's more kind of a political thing. And so the king is there and he owns all, basically all the known world at this time. He was a powerful king. And he had a prime minister and his name was Haman, Haman, the prime minister. And when he would walk by, it was law that everyone had to bow to him. Everyone had to submit to him. He was royalty. Can you tell of him watching the queen? I love documentaries. And so, you know, you submit and you bow to this authority. But there was a man named Mordecai, and he was Queen Esther's uncle. And he had something out for Hammond. He didn't like him. He didn't want to bow to him. He thought he was arrogant. He thought he was hurtful. He he would not bow. He did, he would not. So Haman begins to say, Well, who is this? Who is this person that won't bow to me? And word gets back that he's Jewish. And he begins to think about these Jews that have now come in and migrated into their country. And he goes to the king, and he goes, oh, king, we have a problem. There is a people amongst us, the Jews. They do not believe like us. They do not eat like us, because you know their dietary laws were weird. And there were all these things about the Jews. So he sets up this story to the king, and he goes, they may try to take us over. Oh, king, we have to get rid of them. They're a threat to us. Now, listen to me. Whenever you read the Word of God, don't read it as a history book. Read it for divine revelation. Whenever you read the Word of God, it's a beautiful, you can even read this book in the Talmud and other religious uh, historical books. But whenever I read the Bible, I say, God, what's the word for me? So as I'm reading this, I'm asking myself, God, would I be like that? Am I like a Mordecai? That if I think somebody's arrogant and too good for themselves, I'm not going to give them any respect? A check in your spirit. I mean, God will take every character in the Bible and line up your life with it, if you ask yourself, am I like that? The Bible says that it is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, that it pierces deep in the soul and the spirit. It's able to discern the true motives of your heart. So when you read the Word of God, if you're just reading it to get your devotional over you're reading it for the historical background, you'll never see the power of the word of God. So every single character I went through in this story, I asked myself, what character would I be in this story? Am I ever a Mordecai? Am I ever a Haman? And so the story goes on that since he would not bow and since Haman decided he wanted them all annihilated, he goes to the king. Let me read the scripture to you. The Bible says, when Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay homage to him, Haman was filled with wrath, but he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone. For he was told that Mordecai's people were all Jews. Instead, Haman sought to destroy every Jew, everyone throughout the whole kingdom. So now we have this picture where Haman has gone out to the king, and he's asking permission. I want to annihilate them. In in Esther 3.10, the Bible says, So the king took off his signet ring from his hand, and he gave it to Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And he said to Haman, the money and the people are yours to do with as you please. The king trusted his prime minister, but the prime minister had an angst against the Jews. Let me ask you, who do you have an angst against? Who is it that you don't like? Who is it you're prejudiced against? Who is it that you're looking in culture today? I'm telling you, we live in a crazy culture, a crazy society. It's so easy to be prejudiced against a certain people group, a certain type of person. And I'm telling you what, you are no, you are no better off than Haman was. You're no better off than Mordecai if you are prejudiced against God's people. They are God's people wherever they are and whoever they are. And until you can start praying over God's people, you're never going to see breakthrough. Your breakthrough may start with your prejudice. Your breakthrough may start with you saying, God, I, I got to quit speaking about that. You know, some, oh, don't get me started. some of you get on Facebook and you get on Instagram and you want to tell us what you think. Well, let me ask you, does God think what you think? Before you start posting, maybe you may make a phone call and make sure it's what God wants you to post. I and mean, may my heart breaks. My heart breaks over some of the things of Christians. That's why people say, well, the hurt church hurt me. Well, yeah, you're part of the church. Because you're the bride of Christ. If you're a Christian, you're part of the church, you're the bride of Christ, people hurt people. The bride needs a good bath. Come on. We need a revival. We need mercy. It needs to triumph. Do we sing that song? Mercy triumphs. We need that in the house, we need that in the church. You need that in your breakthrough. So he takes off the ring and he says, go do what you want. Now, this is something I've never seen. I've taught on Esther before. I've read this before. So the word goes out to every city and every providence and everywhere that every Jew is going to be murdered, massacred, annihilated. Get the picture. Get the flashback to the Holocaust. Flashback. Why always the Jews? Why always? Because they're God's people. They were stubborn people. You may not like them. They're God's people. People don't like you and you're still God's people. All right, come on. All right, so he's going to wipe them out. He's going to wipe them out. And listen what the Bible says. So Mordecai, the uncle of the queen, sits down and puts on sackcloth and ashes and begins to weep bitterly over what's happening. Look what the Bible says. When Mordecai learned what had happened, he tore his clothes. He put on sackcloth and ashes. He went into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and a bitter cry. A loud and it went the last time you had a loud and a bitter cry. He was broken. In a few days, all of the humanity of Israel would be wiped out. He's taking responsibility for this. He went in front of the king's gate, for no one was allowed to go in clothed with sackcloth and ashes. And in every providence where the king's command decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews, and fasting, 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 and weeping and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. Now, we talk up in the Old Testament about sackcloth and ashes, and what does that mean? They literally would put on this sackcloth, and it was the the goat, black-haired goats. Have you ever been to the zoo? Now, there's different types of goats, all right? But the black-haired goat, they have that prickly, that prickly little um, fur to where you feel like you're rubbing up against needles. Have you ever just, like, petted him and went, ooh, that hurts, It is a certain type of goat. That's what the sackcloth was. They would put that on them for remorse, for brokenness, for two reasons. One, because they needed to repent from something really stupid they did. And they're trying to repent. They're trying to do it by an action. But second, when they knew there was nowhere else they could go but God. God, I'm going to submit everything I am to the God of the universe, see my brokenness, see my submission. And then they would clothe, they would literally put ashes on their head and all over their body as really a picture of brokenness, um, as desolation and ruin. And I know we don't experience sackcloth and ashes, but I thought in the church today, what do we do with a sense of repentance? Some of us live in guilt and shame. And I'm not going to go to church because I feel guilty I feel shameful. I've been on a, on a site with pornography. I'm living with someone I shouldn't. I'm, I'm cheating on my wife. I'm lying about my business. I'm, I'm, I'm not the person everyone thinks. Hey, you're not alone. Again, we're called the bride. The groom came for the bride because the bride needed the groom. Come on now. And so you don't come and you beat yourself up. Instead of coming, let me tell you, you come here, and there's grace, and there's mercy, and there's love, and we don't need to know your stuff. We just need to love you through your stuff. Now, we want to get through your stuff, but we don't want you to stay with your stuff. Come on, anybody hearing me here? But we need some breakthroughs. So what we do with sackcloth and ashes today is we sit down, and we cover ourselves with ashes, with self-mutilation, young people, with cuttings. I sat down with a young girl this week, and she told me her story of cuttings. And how she was so, she hated herself so much that she practiced self-mutilation. And so there are these things that we're doing in our culture today to beat ourselves up because we're embarrassed or angry or we're hurt. And we put on sackcloth and we put on ashes and we sit in sorrow. But God wants you to have a breakthrough. God wants you to have a breakthrough. Mordecai challenged Esther. At this point, right before everyone's annihilated, the uncle wises up. He gets up out of the ashes. He takes off the sackcloth. Let me tell you what. Listen to me clearly. Until you wipe off the ashes and take off the sackcloth, you will never understand your assignment. Get up. Get moving. God wants to use you. Mordecai stands up. He sends a message to the queen. Esther, you must go into the king. You must tell him what's happening. You must tell him you're a Jew. And if he's going to annihilate all the Jews, he's going to annihilate you. And she sends a message back to her uncle, and she says, I cannot go in. I have not been summoned by the king. You just don't go, knock on your king. You in there? And that day you were summoned, even as a queen. But she was smart. Now listen to me. Part of fasting is strategy. Strategies are going to come to you. That's what a breakthrough is. That's what an aha, you never saw it that way again. Let me tell you what this young queen did. She went and she got her finest robe. Now, the door hadn't been opened and she hadn't been summoned. And she stood, the Bible's very clear. Read it in the book of Esther. And it says she stood right in the doorway of the king with her pretty little self. And when the door opened up, shazam! The king summoned the queen. Do you understand the strategy? Not just, it's just, this isn't, this is a smart woman. She doesn't have a whole lot of time. And she goes into the king and she tells the king that she's Jewish. She tells the king about what the prime minister, Haman is going to do. How he wants to wipe out all of the Jews. She begins to tell her story of her Jewish people and her heritage. And the king hears her. It's it's a beautiful story. I want to kind of give you a, a scripture here. Mordecai told them to answer, Esther, do you not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews? For if you remain completely silent at this time, now listen, see, here's what things, things will jump off off the pages of your Bible. So I underlined and highlighted this, listen, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. Girlfriend, you don't want to go, he'll find him another queen. My friend, you don't want God to mess up your business. He'll find someone else who's willing to get their messed up business. God will be God. He is on the throne. He wants to use you, but he doesn't have to use you. Woo! He wants to use you, but he doesn't have to use you. So, queen, wake up. If you don't go in, what makes you think you're not going to be annihilated? And he goes on, he says, yet who knows whether, Esther, you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. When I read that yesterday, it was as if God said to me, Tammy, you're standing here on Sunday morning for such a time as this, because your heart is for fasting for this house. Your heart is to call this church to a fast. As much as Pastor Phil's message is incredible, and we need to be smart business entrepreneurs and all the things God's called us to be, we need to put that on pause for one week, and this church needs to get serious about a fast. For such a time as this. Breakthrough in your marriage, breakthrough in your family, breakthrough in your business, breakthrough in your sin. God wants breakthrough. And he goes on and he says, Then Esther told them, Tell Mordecai, go and gather all the Jews who are present and ask them to fast for me. Neither eat or drink anything for three days. She was a serious faster. I ain't going there. I ain't ain't going without food or drink for three days. That was her fast. All right. And look what she says. My maids and I will likewise fast and and so that I may go in and talk to the king. Listen, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Until you come to a place that you say there are no other options, you will not see your breakthrough. There are no other options options. In 1973, Nixon stands out from among the presidents for taking the boldest risk for Israel in a much-needed arms airlift. Another time in the Six-Day War where the Jews were getting ready to be wiped off the face of the earth, Golda Meir said this, we have always said that in our war with the Arabs, we had a secret weapon, no alternative. Until you don't have any other alternative, you won't see God. When you do everything you can do, you'll never see what he can do. Until you come to a place that you say, God, I'm at the end of everything I am. I need you to break through for me. Until you don't have options, you won't see God. I want to walk you through quickly a few steps, steps to your breakthrough. And I'm telling you what. The twenty of you that are twenty percent that are listening to me and writing this down, you're going to see a breakthrough. I've prayed it. I've walked it. My husband says, "Why do you get that little dance up there?" I don't know. I'm a sanguine. I'm a happy person. Uh, that's just who I am. I get excited. Don't judge me. All right, I'd like you to have some of my energy once in a while. All right, come on. Anybody anybody here? Are you ready for the steps for breakthrough? Write these down. Number one, know clearly what you're asking God for. Know clearly what you're asking God for. Until yesterday, I didn't know clearly what I was fasting for. I was fasting for unity, community, and miracles for the house, but I didn't know what I was fasting for. My life's so good right now. Thank you, Jesus, don't mess it up. It was so good right now. I didn't have any specific thing until God started breaking the walls down. And God showed me all the stuff that I've been struggling with my whole life that I've not gotten breakthrough. The fears and the jealousy and the suspicion and all the, you know that stuff you don't want to put on the resume? And God started showing me, you want breakthrough? You tired of thinking that way, feeling that way, going there? You want breakthrough? Here's your breakthrough. Number one, know exactly what you're asking and fasting for. Know specifically, write it down Put it on your desk. Put it at your coffee pot. Put it on your computer. Know what you're asking and fasting for. It's got to be clear. The people's focus was clear. They knew exactly what they needed. They needed God to move in such a way that the Jews would be saved and preserved. I love this uh, quote from Tony Robbins. He says, there is no breakthrough without a breakdown. I'm telling you, some of you need to break down. Some of you need to break before God. You're so strong and you're so confident competent and you're so prideful and until God comes in and lets you see your soul in the mirror and you repent and you get the sackcloth and ashes on get them on and then take them off but the getting them on is the repentance part the seriousness with God when you let God look into the windows of your soul when you ex- are exposed before God for everything you truly are, everything you're trying to hide from humanity, when you, when you see that in you, because God already does, you're going to know what you need to start breaking through. You're going to know what your fast is for. Let's go on to the next one, number two. Know who your enemy is and who your enemy is not. Listen to me. i got to talk fast. This is so good. Your enemy is not your spouse. My enemy is not my husband. When we have an argument or we have a disagreement or we have a fight, I want to fight against him. I want him to be the enemy. He's not my enemy. He's my husband. The enemy is going to bring tension between us, confusion between us, suspicion between us, the things between us. The enemy wants to take us out. So you have to know who your enemy is. It's not your circumstances. It's not your environment. It's the enemy. You have to start doing warfare with the enemy. What's that song? I love it. Devil not today. Devil not today. Until you get. Now you're not going to. You're just going to think you're. I have the right to be mad. I'm misunderstood. I didn't get the promotion. And all this stuff. The circumstances. The environment. That's going to be your war. And you're going to never win the war. Because you're not going to know where the war started. The war started with the enemy who wants to rob, steal, and destroy. That's what the enemy wants to do. I love this quote. Listen to this. It is not uncommon for highly agitating situations to show up right before a major breakthrough takes place in your life. In fact, we can definitely prepare for breakthrough when the enemy starts using agitation against us. Anybody been agitated this week? Now I thought it was just because I don't—I'm not eating and I'm just drinking coffee all day, and I'm not, I'm not agitated. I'm not agitated. Let me. Okay, it must be the coffee. It must be the coffee. So I got off the coffee, and I'm still agitated. Cause my breakthrough's coming. Because my breakthrough is coming. I got to know that there's a stirring right now. There's a stirring in me. I'm fighting the devil. I'm fighting him over my marriage, over my faith, over what I'm seeing him break through, over revival in this house, over my children, over every single part of my life. I want to see God move. I want to see God act. I love, oh, oh, am I, oh, that's so good. Okay, let's go on. I'm almost done. Number three, know what you, this is good. This is the best one. Know what you must do and what God must do know what you must do and what God must do. Listen, my part is faith and obedience. When God speaks to me in a still, small voice, and he said, Tammy, no, don't go there, don't think it, don't behave that way, don't react that way, and that still, small voice, is getting louder and louder, I get to be obedient and step in faith and say, oh, devil, not today, oh, devil, not today. Every single person in this room, there's not one of you exempt that the enemy's not trying to destroy. And he's putting lies in your head. He's trying to bring division in your life. He's telling you it's not going to work. He is a liar and the truth is not hidden him, the Bible says. And so you know who that is. So your part is faith and obedience. I love this quote. Now listen, sometimes when you're close to your breakthrough, well meaning comforters and logical people can spoil everything. When I am on the verge of fighting and breaking through and it's just not coming yet, I'm in that weight. Anybody ever been in the wait? Listen, before God is my witness, I've had people come up and say, but you've come so far. I mean, be happy with how far you've come. Well-meaning comforters, get out of my way. I have a goal in mind where I'm going. I know what God wants me to do. If you're going to be one of those, pat me on the back and say, well, you're doing a good job. If we ain't there yet, we ain't there yet. Don't cut God short. Stay in the wait. He's in the, I wrote this down. I love this morning. I just, God woke me up. And it was so good. I wrote two things down. I think they're good. Maybe they're just for me. When you begin to know who your war is with, you'll begin to win your war. not that good? See, like God's smarter than us. Did you ever, did you know when he says something, you're like, Whoa. When you begin to know who your war is with, you'll begin winning your war. My war is not with you. My war is not with him. Hey, baby. <laughs> my war is not with someone that hurt my feelings. My war is not with my employer. My war is not with my colleagues. My war is with an enemy who's trying to kill me. I want to finish this up right here God's part. God's part. Sometimes, when you're close to the breakthrough, well meaning comforters and logical people will spoil everything. Don't let them stop you before your miracle comes. God's part is the miracle. God's part is the miracle. I'm going to end with the story because it was so beautiful. Queen Esther made her way to the king and made the appeal. And he looked at her and all of her beauty and all of her royalty. And he said, you will be saved and all of your people. And the very gallows that Haman erected to kill Mordecai on, he switched. Now stay, this is good. And Haman was hung on the very gallow. Let me tell you what, there's some gallows in your life. Let the enemy be hung. He's preparing gallows for you. He has one plan for you, and it's Death. Switch it. Listen, under the king's order. Under the king's order. Know the power that you have in God. Know what you're supposed to do and what he's supposed to do. So I don't know where you need a breakthrough. I don't know if it's something personal you've struggled with since you were a little girl. I don't know if it's something financial. I don't know if it's a spouse. I don't know if it's business. I don't know if it's a breakthrough. I believe that there are breakthroughs coming in business in this house. I believe there's things coming in this house, but this message is for you individually and independently. It's not for you and your spouse. You may have to go over the same thing, but it's for him and it's for you. This is your time. It's your breakthrough. It's your fast. I'm going to ask you to join us for the next two weeks and fast. Fast for miracles. Fast for unity. Fast for community. And fast for your breakthrough. Would you stand with me? We're getting ready to go into baptism, and this is a beautiful time, but I want to pray over you really quickly. And for sake of time, um, you know, I was going to have you come forward, but I'm just going to have you in your own seat as we just do this little declaration. Now, everybody listen up. Just right now, just think. Put, put, don't forget in your bags. Because this could be the, the time right here. This is kind of like it. You've heard some things. God said some things. You're pondering some things in your mind. Now it's time to take action. Devil, not today. Devil, not today. If you believe that God has shown you the area of your breakthrough, I'm just going to have your eyes closed, so it's not between anybody but you and God. If you believe it as a commitment to him that you heard him, would you raise your hand? Nobody look around. This is nobody's business with God's. If you feel you know exactly what you're asking for and what you're fasting for, would you lift your hand? Now, would you say to God, I receive it? If you receive exactly what he's telling you to fast for, that means you have now two weeks, you can put your hands down two weeks to keep that thing ever before you. And every time your stomach growls or every time you're tempted to go shopping or tempted to eat bread or tempted to watch TV or get on social media or whatever the thing is that you are giving up for your fast, remember your fast is the weapon of your warfare. Stay true to your fast and allow breakthroughs to come. Amen.